You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Erica. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. It is our fall book club episode, so we'll spend the entire show discussing Anne Patchett's new novel, The Dutch House. I've got a reminder of what we read, so here is a synopsis from the publisher. At the end of the Second World War, Cyril Conroy buys the Dutch House, a lavish estate in the suburbs outside of Philadelphia. Meant as a surprise for his wife, the house sets in motion the undoing of everything he loves. The story is told by Cyril's son, Danny, as he and his older sister, Maeve, are exiled from the house where they grew up by their stepmother. The two wealthy siblings are thrown back into the poverty their parents had escaped from and find that all they have to count on is one another. Set over the course of five decades, the Dutch house is a dark fairy tale about two smart people who cannot overcome their past. Despite every outward sign of success, Danny and Maeve are only truly comfortable when they're together. Throughout their lives, they return to the well-worn story of what they've lost with humor and rage. But when at last they're forced to confront the people who left them behind, the relationship between an indulged brother and his ever-protective sister is finally tested. All right. So let's get into this. Um, We'll do our book club like we always do. You give it a grade and a review. And I'll do the same. Um, I would say B plus, A minus. Okay. Um, I loved it. I don't think it was like even probably my favorite Ann Patchett book, Mm -hmm. but really, really good. Yeah. Really good. So I reserve my A's for like life changers. Mm -hmm. You know, oh my gosh, you have to read this. I do highly recommend it though. I loved it. Um, I just think something she does so well is character development yes. and making you care about the characters mm-hmm. even when they're a little bit despicable yeah um and just really good at like complicated family relationships uh-huh. and and breathing life into those and like telling the truth about those mm-hmm. um i think her writing is just so beautiful and poignant but also really accessible yes. which is i think something that makes her like she's comfy to read yes it's not like there are beautiful writers, but you have to work to yeah. read what they're writing right. and like really dig for the symbolism. Mm-hmm. And just, I feel like she's like, just, I don't know how to, I don't know an author to compare her to. Like who else has maybe been compared to that? Like Hemingway maybe like mm. just very earthy and accessible, but like beautifully mm-hmm. poignant. There is just something about her writing that almost comes across as effortless or maybe it's just like the reading of it Mm -hmm. feels kind of effortless Mm -hmm. like sometimes I will have to stop and reread something because it's so beautiful I want to reread it but it's like you don't have to work hard no to read it no even though it is really beautiful and she brings to life like very rich stories and she will just like because you're just reading so smoothly along and like relating and shaking your head like, yes, yes, yes. Then she'll put a twist on something every once in a while or have like a turn of phrase in her sentences that like punches you in the gut mm-hmm. in the best way. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, she yeah. just is like telling my whole life right now or, <laughs> you know, summing up all of humanity with this like five word <laughs> sentence. So it's just she's got a great rhythm. She's got I don't know. She's just so, so good. And I find that in all of her books for sure. Um I loved the whole sibling love and just that fierce loyalty um, between Maeve and Danny and could relate to that just sibling relationship Mm -hmm. and just um, even how a lot of that was extended to their stepsisters to in in a way, at least with Maeve, like she um, tried anyway. Yeah. In a way that that she was capable of and hadn't been like blocked by Andrea. Mm -hmm. Um, I just 
I don't know, there was just so much complexity in that relationship and mm-hmm. like the divided loyalty sometimes, even when he was married and had his own kids That's and how right. to like incorporate um, her into that family. Right. And even that like his wife and her had at first gotten along and mm-hmm. she actually really pushed for her. Yeah. But then like this divided loyalty, but it wasn't in like a weird, creepy way, mm-hmm. which it could have gone that way real quick right. where you're like, okay, get over it. Yes. Like, right. You're a grown man now. Yeah. It was very like believable. It, it was very relatable. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, of course you would feel mm-hmm. that way. And, mm-hmm. and just her like medical fragile mm-hmm. um, issues. And then him like <laughs> reluctantly becoming this doctor. So right. feeling like, well, now I have even more mm-hmm. kind of responsibility to take care of her or whatever um i don't know i just oh there's so much like okay okay yeah read us some quotes so there's some quotes so the first one that i think is just really relates to this whole the whole book and kind of one of the main points that she's trying to make um and they're talking about is it possible to ever really see the past as it really was Mm. and um they say but we overlay the present onto the past we look back through the lens of what we know now so we're not seeing it as the people we were we're seeing it as the people we are, and that means the past has been radically altered. And I thought that was, I thought about that phrase for a really long time, and I think about that, um, just becoming a parent, mm-hmm. and even things in our own childhood that maybe we knew consciously we weren't okay with or wouldn't do that ourselves or mm-hmm. whatever it might be, like, then becoming a parent even, you have, like, a whole new lens on that. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, wow, that was mm-hmm. even more off than I thought it was five mm-hmm. years ago or mm-hmm. ten years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just that's a really good example of that and how can you ever really – is there a such thing as accurately seeing your past? Right. Because everybody puts what they've learned since then yep. on it mm-hmm. and their current relationships mm-hmm. on it. So mm-hmm. I just thought that was super interesting. Yeah, I loved that too. Um just so many, oh, so many amazing quotes. I just love the way Maeve had like a ton of really, I think she was just like a smart, savvy, yes, sassy, independent woman. Character. And I loved that about her. But then this like fierce loyalty yeah. and fierce love. And that was just a really cool combination mm-hmm. in a character. Um, and she's talking to Danny about like picking a wife. Like when she, he's mm. thinking about marrying, what is his wife's Celeste. name again? Celeste. And she's like, you're picking the woman you like the best from a group of women you don't like your control group is fundamentally flawed. (laughs) Just really funny little lines like that from her. Um, So the other relationship that I loved was Sandy and Jocelyn's relationship with the kids. Yes. And I just loved them and their sass too. And like just so loving and nurturing. And I, there was this, this sentence is just like, whoa, when they're talking about, um, I think her dad dying, his dad dying Mm -hmm. and Danny's dad. Yeah. And um, he just says, for the record, Jocelyn had never forgiven my mother, though she was nicer about it than I was. And then she it's quote quoting what Jocelyn is saying. She left us there to raise you, but you couldn't be ours. She said to she said to me once, how am I supposed to forgive a thing like that? Mm. I'm like, oh, man, like she loved them. Right. But then could never truly be, yeah. you know. Yeah. It was always this like phantom of their mother or whatever. Right. And they that wasn't their place. And so just Ugh. like. And think about how much that probably happens, like just Mm -hmm. some nannies and things that really are just like so involved in kids' lives and what a complicated Mm -hmm. kind of love that is maybe. Oh, he's talking. I loved the moment when they're talking about um, the secret drawer in the dining room table where there was coins. Yes. um, But nobody else seemed to know about them. And his dad had like left it for them. And he just says maybe he hadn't left them there for everyone to take. Maybe they had just been for Maeve and me. Mm. Like his dad had all these little ways of showing love and like setting things up for them without but 
seemed cap- incapable a little bit of like true intimacy, Emotional. but like tried, right. you know, yeah. in certain ways. I just thought like, I don't know. She just like, again, that's one of those. It's like, oh, that image like sucker punches mm-hmm. you, you know? So she's just so, so good at that. And yes. I love that about her. Yes. Um, I... I think we'll get into a little bit more like Mm -hmm. what we thought about the ending and some of the characters, but that is my overall impression. I loved it. Is there anything in particular that you did not like? The mom. Andrea or Elna? Well, either. Right. Both a a smidge despicable for different opposite reasons. We will talk about that a bit more in some discussion questions. Because even the dad, I feel like I could empathize with a little bit more yeah um just being like he thought he was doing the right thing especially in that time period mm-hmm. like this is what you do you provide for your family and you yeah, yeah. um you know he was trying it, to be romantic like, yeah, he, even he and, wasn't emotionally connected but at least he was there and right. providing like him he right. wasn't neglecting and them. obviously had been hurt mm-hmm. himself by mm-hmm. her leaving yeah. and so it was like right what do you do in that time day and time right you know yeah so Anyway, we'll get into that. I have strong yep. thoughts. <laughs> um, so I also loved this book. Yeah. Love Ann Patchett. Just, she's um, so good. I feel like she can just do no wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really love having an author in my life who is yeah. like that. Yeah. We've had, we've read a few for book club recently. Yes. Famous authors By revered that were a bit authors disappointing. That so. were, yeah. Um, and so this was lovely that this like lived mm-hmm. up to my expectations. Um, similar to just what, you were saying just some of the things just about, I think the book, but I think is speaks to just Ann Patchett's writing. There's just, it's so beautiful in just this quiet and rich Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Like there aren't these like crazy plot points. Like I don't know if her books would make great movies because they're not really exciting enough. They're just so people and character driven and I just think that the experience of reading them and get to see people's inner thoughts and the way she brings them to life with words is like such Mm -hmm. a particular experience. Um, I also just get this feeling from certain books and I get it from Ann Patchett's book where as soon as I start, I start reading, I just feel like I am in the hands of a great author. Mm -hmm. And as a reader, like as a lover of books, that is such a cozy, mm-hmm. reassuring feeling. You're yeah. just like, oh, this is going to be, be good. great. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. feels so good. Um, just kind of as you were talking to about just the way her, her writing can be so effortless, effortless to read, but so beautiful. I just think she's able to write in this, this beautiful way, but it doesn't feel showy. Mm-mm. Like sometimes authors, like you were saying, using big words and yeah, yeah, or it feels like they're trying to write to their like graduate MFA yes, class, you 100%. know, or, I, or I'm just like, you know, I understand the words that you're saying, but I feel like I'm not getting Connecting it. And it's, and it's to kind it. of yeah. making me feel dumb. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. Or never, you just come off as pretentious. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, I never feel that way about, um, about her books. There's also something else that I, I feel about Ann Patchett's books. And it almost feels like, I feel like you can't accurately describe them to someone else mm-hmm. and have them want get to read at, them exactly because <laughs> it's always just kind of like well it's just these people and this thing happened but you yeah. can't exactly say yeah. because there aren't these big plot points like right. and then this happened like ooh, I've never mm-hmm. thought of that happening before and so I feel like it really is just about the reading experience mm-hmm. and so it's like if you know someone who loves to read it's like get one of these in in her hands well and I will say sorry to interrupt but just on that that topic of plot points, I feel like less skilled authors 
definitely try to throw in kind of rely some, more on that some sort of plot twist that uh-huh. that artificially makes yeah. these like dramatic conversations yeah. and dramatic interactions and the plot twist is not even all that believable so they're like manipulating that to mm-hmm. get this like human response gotcha. where she just digs into the human response and the drama that's mm-hmm. like already there inherently right. in a lot of relationships yeah. so i just like that about yeah. it yeah yeah I think that's what makes it so relatable, even yeah. if you, you don't have these particular experiences mm-hmm. um, in your in your life. Um, and then I love, too, that she doesn't hit you over the head with the point that she's trying to yes. make. And I, what I feel like this is saying is that she trusts her readers. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Um, and I there was a particular um, little quote in the book that I wanted to read that I think illustrates that really well. So. This is when, I can't remember exactly when, but it's a flashback to when Danny's appendix ruptured and Maeve is there when he wakes up Mm -hmm. from surgery in the hospital. And this is the quote. Listen, she said, her voice quiet. It's me first, then you. Do you understand? I gave her a loopy smile, but she shook her head. Me first. And it leaves it there. Mm -hmm. I feel like another author would say, and then I realized she meant. Yes. Like she, she has was to, supposed die to die first, right? Like I actually she can't had, handle yeah, me dying. I actually whatever. had to go back and read. I was like, is that what that meant? I had to read right. it twice. And right. I was like, oh, it was just it was so beautiful. It felt so real mm-hmm. because of course those two people in the moment, they both knew what it meant. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to indulge the mm-hmm. reader. She was just like, no, you're going to get this. And mm-hmm. that's actually going to make it more beautiful. And like the double meaning in that too, even like it's me and you. And right? that's it. I'm not talking about anybody else. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Me and you, kid, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a really beautiful mm-hmm. moment. Um, so things I liked about the book, I love the relationship between Maeve and Danny, just like you said, them versus the world. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while, just kind of as we were getting to know the characters, and I feel like Maeve's character was getting revealed, I was a little bit nervous, like, is she going to turn out to have some evil side or yeah. something? There was kind of almost like a little, you know, him. yeah, you, you didn't fully know her and yeah. kind of what was going on. Um, and so I was very relieved when that was not yeah. the case. It was like, okay, good. This Don't is just, be evil. Don't be evil. Just this really relationship that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I thought the pacing of the book was really good, especially just given how many flashbacks there Mm -hmm. were. There were so many flashbacks and she wasn't starting a section or a chapter by giving you the date or the time or Mm -hmm. even the location. She just would go into it. And sometimes it would be from one paragraph to the next. Mm -hmm. Suddenly we were flashback to five years ago Mm -hmm. or 20 years ago. Um, But I I never found myself lost. Like that's hard to do. I cannot imagine. There's a lot of books where that's very jarring. Even Mm -hmm. when they do have the dates, you're like, no, you just yanked me out of that time period. And I didn't want to be. It's like she did it at the right point in mm-hmm. the story to go back and explain yes. something or yes. there was like a purpose behind mm-hmm. it and then it just made I just think that makes the timeline so much more enjoyable because mm-hmm. you're kind of staying in the present timeline but as you need the more information yeah. she like kind of like reaches back exactly yeah. and so it just felt like as we went along it was getting richer and richer and you're kind of adding mm-hmm. that to the present um plot line um I thought that at the end just it all wrapped up so I think so tidy um but without being pat yeah you know cheesy yeah just yeah exactly and indulgent or something like for example I never expected the character of Fluffy like their first Mm -hmm. nanny housekeeper Mm -hmm. 
you just, you know, she was from the past. They referenced her. And the fact that she then came yeah. out and, you know, was was helping and ta- yeah. wasn't she taking care of Danny's uh-huh. kids for a while? Uh-huh. And then she ended up taking care of Andrea. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just um, it felt full circle in a satisfying way yeah. that didn't it yeah. didn't feel forced. Yeah. Um, their mother, Elna, which we will get into more later, was such a frustrating character, but but she was interesting. Yeah, and, totally. And I, and I thought that it was just so interesting. I haven't, I don't think I've read about another mother that abandons her kids, but that other people that knew her would still call her a saint. I mean, that is just yeah. very interesting. Right. And so I thought that was just, um, yeah, just such an, such an interesting character to have in a book that I hadn't read before. Um, I do just really like when characters aren't all good or all bad mm-hmm. and you have to really mm-hmm. think and you can think even one anecdote to the next like mm-hmm. oh I despise this person and well could she, right. like is there are right. there some redeeming qualities I, I thought that was really interesting um I think that maybe my only complaint I wish we could have known more backstory about Andrea that mm-hmm. feels like the one thing that's maybe like not mm-hmm. wrapped up for me they kind of mentioned like um now I can't remember what her last name was but like what happened to the first Mr. So and so and you're kind of like ooh did she kill it yeah did she kill him yeah exactly um and just why she was so cold and mm-hmm. and so bitter so yeah. I kind of wish we could have known a little bit more about that um I do have a few quotes I wanted to share um this one quote is nothing I don't know it's like not particularly beautiful I just think it's an example of her writing style and how she just um just kind of subtly foreshadows and just Mm -hmm. makes you think "Ooh, like what's gonna happen um and this is talking about when Andrea is first meeting Danny and Maeve Though the story will be remembered that Maeve and Andrea were at odds right from the start, that wasn't true. Maeve was perfectly fair and polite when they met, and she remained fair and polite until until doing so was no longer possible. Mm. And it was just like... It's so true. It's what's true, though, happen? in the story, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you, and then, yeah, you're set up to know, like, Andrea's going to be a situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved just... This is a little snippet of a quote, but she said mothers were the measure of safety Mm. and that's when danny is talking about like mothers were the measure of safety and so Maeve was that for him yeah and And that's why he didn't miss his own mom yeah and i just really liked that quote i thought that's so true um i liked to um just another little thing when let's see Maeve has he is off to college and then danny is there his father has died so he's just there with Andrea and the girls, I think, for a little bit. And um, he said that Sandy would come and find him and ask him to study in the kitchen, just yeah. in that subtle way of like trying to mother him and yeah. knowing like, eh, you probably should, shouldn't be alone. And she said, everybody thinks better around food. Yeah. And I just loved that. <laughs> I loved that whole picture of the kitchen as like comfort and nurturing. Yes. And they were yeah. taking care of all of them really, but mm-hmm. like had this special place for like even I think like when it was just the dad and Danny and Maeve, they would eat in the kitchen. Exactly. Like yeah. their little intimate family. So yeah. just really. Yeah. And just when I picture, like I picture the Dutch house in my mind of being like big and dark, like dark wood. Mm-hmm. But then I picture the kitchen as being like light and bright yeah. and like cozy yeah. and warm. And I just like how she painted that picture. Um, I had the same quote that you mentioned about the past. Um, I just loved that. This was something. And, and then just a little 
a funny quote. This was when Cyril would on Saturdays take Danny around to collect the rent from all the tenants and whatnot. And he's just kind of talking to Danny, giving him advice. And he says, a boy grows up rich like you, never wanting for anything, never being hungry. He shook his head as if it had been a disappointing choice I'd made. I don't know how a person overcomes a thing like that. (laughs) And I just love that because it was like, what is he supposed to do? And you put him into this position. But then as I was thinking about it more too, I wonder if that kind of ties into their mom and to Elna, Mm -hmm. you know, because she wasn't able to overcome that, even though she came from poverty. She could not deal with being of privilege and of money. And so I well, and I I thought about that quote too. I'm like, I think about that a lot in parenting. Like, Mm -hmm. we are very privileged in so many ways. And Mm -hmm. so, by extension, our kids get a lot of that privilege. And how do we, how do you teach that? Right. There's a certain amount of grit and Mm -hmm. um, empathy and everything else that can only come from going through it. Perspective, exactly. You know, and so, like, how do you, you can talk about it all you want, but. Right is there, it's going to be something to overcome Mm -hmm. is privilege at a certain point, you know, Yeah. yeah, or be aware of. I agree. So I found some discussion questions for us. I will link to the two sources um, that I used, um, but I think this will kind of help get into the book even more. I just feel like there's so much to discuss. Yeah, there's a lot of meat. Okay. So first one, why do you think Danny and Maeve kept returning to the Dutch house? Because they would sit outside it even once when they were Mm -hmm. not living there anymore, sit outside in the dark, in their car, like across the street and just look and talk about it. Yeah. I think it's a lot like picking at a scab Yeah, and like just the unhealed wounds that you're not quite ready to get healed from yet even. And just really symbolic of what they had lost and something that was Something in someone that was like tangible to blame because Mm -hmm. some of it is just loss of light. Like their mom was gone. She wasn't around to blame. Their Mm -hmm. dad was dead. That's just life. Mm -hmm. Um, And even like the childhood that might have been if he had been more emotionally available, whatever, like none of that. There's no one to blame for that. Yeah. Um, And there was this quote that I think sums it up too. like it says, like swallows, like salmon, we were the helpless captives of our migratory patterns. We pretended that what we lost was the house, not our mother, not our father. We pretended that what we had lost has been taken from us by the person who still lived inside. And like Andrea mm. was the scapegoat for right. everything that, which she was awful in a lot of ways. Right. But, but she but didn't like, cause her mother leaving and she right. didn't cause their dad right. dying. Like yes. those two things that really were hurting them the most. Right. They couldn't figure out. Right. Yeah. I, I think so too. I thought that was such a, just an interesting and just so believable. And then mm-hmm. once you do it a few times, that becomes such a comfort because, you know, they're just kind of untethered. I mean, if mm-hmm. you don't have like that symbolic home, if you don't have people that are home to, go to home return to, to yeah. um, especially that time of life, yeah, like twenties and college oh gosh, and like yes. figuring out life and just how, I mean, there's all kinds of studies about how crucial that is for kids like aging out of um, the foster care system mm. that even if they can get into a loving foster home at like 17, 18, yeah. that then it agrees to like be their people. Yeah. Even if they were never formally adopted. Right. Right. Um, Just like how that huge that base. is. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. My next question, what explains why Elna Conroy abandoned her children and what ways might such a profound decision be justified or not? Why, as Maeve argues, are men who leave their families often judged less harshly? So yeah, let's talk about let's the mother. Let's talk about Elna. Um, okay, so this quote will start us off. Okay. Um, 
Danny is talking about why he finds it so hard to forgive. Mm. And he didn't even miss her, really. Right. He's saying, like, I had the mother figure in Maeve and then on top, like all the support, like Mm -hmm. Jocelyn, Sandy, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But he says to grow up with a mother who had run off to India, never to be heard from again. That was one thing. There was closure in that. But to find out she was 15 stops away on the number one train to canal and had failed to be in touch was barbaric. Mm. It's like, man, that is, that's true. That would hurt way worse. Yeah. Um, And I just think, first of all, like, obviously I'm, okay with the fact that if that was like soul crushing Mm -hmm. to her for whatever reason and she wasn't able to work that out with her husband that's one thing leaving that Mm -hmm. but then that's a whole nother relationship and a whole nother level to then like never see your children right to just there's a lot of people who leave their marriages and still see their children right um and it just came across as very like self-righteous like you can be saintly Mm -hmm. to a point of like arrogance Mm -hmm. that like this is above everything and everybody and it's kind of the whole thing of like if you have you know if you are doing this amazing thing and this Mm self-sacrificial thing but then you can't even love your own family like right what what good is that right you know does it negate those other things yeah is it just i don't know it just feels like very it doesn't feel like a higher calling it feels like an escape yeah Totally. Um, And I think even just like, there's no explanation of why, like get over yourself a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have chosen this house. You wouldn't have, there's no like, it's not like he's forcing you to go to high society meetings. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't any indication that she was being forced completely into this life that she didn't want. Right. To change, to change her lifestyle Mm -hmm. otherwise. And to be this person that was like an awful person, like, Mm -hmm you know, waste exploiting people and wasting mm-hmm. money. And yeah. she could have still done all those things and did yeah. do a lot of them. It wasn't, I didn't get the impression she was being mm-hmm. held back from any mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. So there was just nothing that justified that in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. And then the fact that she decided she was just going to come back and just nurture the hell out of everybody and make them soup and whatever. It's like, that's not how life works. Right. And that that's a choice. Fine. If you made that choice and that could be argued separately, mm-hmm. but you for sure don't have the right to like, like I could, I just sympathize with Danny so much in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like who the hell are you to come in here yeah. and make her soup? Right. Like totally. you, <laughs> you don't have the right. Yeah. And it felt very like self-serving then too, because then she needed a place to stay and she, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just like, okay, you can be this kind, great person. There's another quote in there about how she then ends up taking care of Andrea for a while. And they're saying, I think Maeve is saying it's because she can only function because there's people there that she can feel sorry for. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was Sandy even saying this. Mm -hmm. But when she was in the house, she could only feel sorry for herself. Mm. It's like very like self. It's still kind of narcissistic. You know what I mean? It really does. It it takes it to an extreme level. I guess I wish we could have gotten... I don't, we didn't get enough of her backstory, you know, like I kind of want to get into it. Like, why is she like that? Like get into her Mm -hmm. head a little bit more because just as it's written, I have a very hard time redeeming her. Right. It it does just seem like you said, just, um, yeah, to the point of being self-righteous. If she can't be the saint in the situation, she can't handle it. Right. Right. Like I need to be this like other mm-hmm. level person mm-hmm. i can't just show up and serve the people in my life the way i'm supposed to and then fine right yes by all means and serve the poor think, as well but do you think then she could be living so close and not get in touch with her kids because it's like anything that 
um, takes away from her image as a saint mm-hmm. is, you know, she just rather that mm-hmm. be dead to her. You know, well, doesn't want to. She in- almost seems like a frustrated saint. Mm-hmm. Like she went to India to work with Mother Teresa, right? And right. it didn't work out. Yeah. Like she never even made it there. Yeah. And then she just came back and was like, "Well, I'll go serve soup kitchens and right. not have a home." Kind of, really, kind of and- do this. Yeah. So it feels like she's this frustrated. She has this ideal. Mm-hmm. And I get very uh, from like even a, in a background in Christianity and in any sort of religious background, mm-hmm. I feel like this happens a lot where you. Um, will treat the people around you like crap in service of the right thing, Mm. the godly thing, the holy thing, whatever Mm -hmm. that looks all different kinds Mm -hmm. of ways. Right. Um, And so that just like stunk of that to me. Right. And that's not the point, I don't think. Yeah. And then on on top of that too, so like the, the discussion about, well, men are allowed to leave their families. Well, first of all, I think they should be just, you know, if you up a outright leave Mm -hmm. and have no involvement in your kid's life, like that's different than, you know, working a lot or whatever. But I do agree that like you men definitely when it comes to like travel or um, they're just judged less harshly, like you can work long hours and you Mm -hmm. can travel a lot for work and Mm -hmm guys trips and whatever and like dad guilt mm-hmm. is not a thing that we really talk about yeah. because it's like well yeah fine if guys do it right that's just kind of the expectation and with women there is a little bit of like aren't you sad leaving your kids for so long no right no i'm not I'm gonna be fine it's gonna be amazing and actually I think just yeah and especially just in this in this time period yes it just was like oh yeah he left yeah or whatever yeah not getting the you know like ruined character right, of, a, right. of a mother who left. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about the father. What is Cyril Conroy like? How might specific behaviors, routines, and decisions of his have influenced Maven Danny? Why was he always more comfortable with his tenants than he was with the people in his office or his house? What is it about the buildings that he loves so much? So just, yeah, let's talk about Cyril. Yeah. I mean, we touched on this a little bit, but I think that he was routined and regimented and kind of closed off to intimacy as a way to protect himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at the two women he married, it's like opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm. Like she didn't want anything he had to offer. And That's all like Andrea all she wanted. wanted was the house. You know, if the house <laughs> right. is a symbol of that. Um, and just obviously felt like at certain points in the book, like she made it clear he felt very torn or like like when he snuck out with Danny Mm-hmm. to take him yeah. up to see Maeve yeah. because she was like insisting that the girls right. be included. And, right. And it didn't seem that he had a problem including them. They all, all of their education was paid for and like mm-hmm. set aside for including the girls that were, mm-hmm. you know, not technically his children right. and all of that. Like, um, so it was just, yeah, I feel like it was just really more of a way to protect himself. Um, I think that like Danny ended up loving buildings because it was the time he felt close to his dad, obviously yeah. like they're, Mm-hmm. going around collecting rent together. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously it was very um, being like capable and productive and whatever was like a way that they got their father's love and attention. And mm-hmm. so they both were really focused on that. And yeah, it's just funny how Maeve kind of, she said it was to like, you know, suck dry the education money right. that was set aside. But really I think that she did buy into a lot of that. Like I need to make sure Danny's set up for success. Right. You know, and like a doctor is a surefire way to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They definitely both, they prize that self-sufficiency that their dad, that their dad had. Um, Yeah. I was just thinking how it seems like Cyril just, 
he understands like the money like the relationships of power and money Mm -hmm. and that's where he's most comfortable but when you bring in relationships and emotion and love whoa that that is unclear power structure Mm -hmm. and does not feel comfortable Uncharted territory. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, yeah, that's why he can connect with Danny when it's in this context of, mm-hmm. okay, we have this like task or being productive. I can kind of. I have to teach you this. Yeah. I yeah. can kind of tell you about fixing buildings and dealing with people. Like that's the way that I can give this kind of life advice, like mm-hmm. by like under the guise of kind of giving you practical advice, you know, and I don't think he was necessarily thinking of it in that way, but I think that that's what was, that's what was happening. Um, And just in terms of, I mean, he is a man that likes to be in control. I mean, you know, he worked for years and years. They didn't have very much money and he must've just been, you know, saving, being so smart, making those Mm long-term investments kind of like Danny, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, initially started Mm -hmm. out. Um, And so he likes to be in control. And I think that Maeve was just out of his control. Not that she's an out, not that she's out of control, but she has strong emotions. She's an outlier. Yeah. Very much her own person. Um, I wonder maybe how much he saw of his wife in her and maybe that just scared him. I think too, the, um, I think he is an interesting character to me because I think that he highlights like we talk a lot about how we put women in boxes, especially mm-hmm. in times past mm-hmm. and and still currently do. But we sometimes don't talk about how many how we don't how we didn't allow for many ways for men to be good men. Mm-hmm. There wasn't especially like think about like post World War Two. Mm-hmm. The way you were a good man mm-hmm. is the way this guy was a good man. Right. That's what you were taught. That's what society Work, said. Support your family. And not that that's right, but we I think sometimes we don't realize that not having equality is just as limiting to men as mm-hmm. it is to women mm-hmm. in the ways that they're allowed what what being a man looks like, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I just thought that that he, it really highlighted it with him. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, here's a question that I really like. Did you ever sympathize with Andrea, the evil stepmother? Mm. Honestly, only at the end and in a way of just feeling bad for her and like how sad you've wasted your life chasing the wrong things and now you don't even remember where you yeah. are. When she had or just who you are. crippling dementia. Yeah. Um, and just that's just an awful thing anyways. Yeah, but then you, when just, you, you just don't wish that on yeah. anyone. But then when you really like, you have focused on like all of these things that even more so don't matter. Yeah. You know, the status, the house, the whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's not even like you can then look back on a life well lived or your family is left with great memories of right. you or. Right. So that's like extra sad to me always when someone is in that mm-hmm. position, but also like throughout the whole thing when she's just kind of self-inflicted, miserable and competitive. I'm just like, well, don't marry someone for their house and you won't be miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, she's always like yearning for his love and he took care of her and whatever, but like, right. She kind of married him for the wrong yeah. reasons too. So right, right. It seems out. like seems like you would know what you were going to get. Yeah. I can't really imagine even during the like dating courting phase that Cyril was like a bring you flowers yeah. and like yeah. love letters kind right. of a guy. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I just kind of was like, I get frustrated with women that in in movie or in movies, books, whatever that like make irritating decisions to me what I seem to be an ir- and then are like miserable uh-huh. I'm like well I mean right that was a dumb choice <laughs> don't do it or change <laughs> yeah. your situation yeah. yeah I and you know at the end we we come back and we one of her daughters comes back I mm-hmm. can't remember which one do they say like have memories of just like they weren't 
bitter towards their mom, but the one was the one wouldn't have anything to do with her. Oh, I see. The one that came back was the doctor. And gotcha. She, yeah, and the other one stayed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I think I just wish we knew more about Andrea. Yeah, because I, I never did sympathize with her. The same as you, I, I wouldn't wish like her end and that disease on anybody. But it was just more like I just felt sorry that she was having to go through it, but mm-hmm. I. I didn't, yeah, I didn't sympathize with her. She was horrible. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. She's like kind of the archetype, like evil stepmother. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, it's funny because until you read that description, I didn't really see this as like a modern day fairy tale, but mm. it really is. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think it was interesting. One other point that was kind of made was after they realized that she had lost it, um, they thought back at some point they're like thinking back on all their time sitting out in front of the Dutch house and like seeing her and a couple times, like seeing her do something outside or whatever that didn't quite make sense. Uh, and then just realizing like, Oh, this has probably been going on for a while Yeah, where they were sitting there thinking she's in there plotting and scheming and uh, being yeah, her evil self. So I think that that is interesting when you think about when someone has wronged you, mm-hmm. you tend to focus on, you don't see their like humanity right you know their frailty and like their own hurts that are behind why they're wronging you so that was you know an interesting look into her character but do you think because they kind of danny pinpoints like the evilness of of her kicking them out on that when their dad died it was like it was like a weird situation you know the the person at work called them and then they went to the hospital and somehow they called Sandy and oh yeah Jocelyn and remember they forgot to call Andrea and it was like when she came in the house it was like they suddenly realized and Mm. he was like I wonder if it would have all been different if we'd remembered Mm. to call her which I think it was totally understandable that they didn't right I mean she's not and that she was upset about it she's some warm presence in their life right right and that she's upset as well but do you think it would have been any different? Would she have still yeah. kicked them out, written them I out of the will? I think when people are dysfunctional, they use stuff like that as like a, uh, you know what I mean? Ju- so she justified. If not that, it would have been something, something else. Something else. I but think you're right. I, I just think that that's a common tactic. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. Okay. And last question. What did you think of the end of the novel? Did you like May's decision that is Danny's daughter to buy the Dutch house? Or do you wish the family had been able to fully let the house go? I liked it. It felt redeemed. I, too. I really liked, they always had kind of that special relationship, Maeve and May yeah. too. So at the end when she like takes the painting off the wall too, yeah. and it's just like, mic drop. I'm like, is she going to burn the house down now? <laughs> like she was like, and I'm done. Like yeah. that was like her closure. Like I'm taking myself out of this. Yeah. Like I'm owning this part of my story yeah. again, which was like, I'm literally taking myself off the wall. Yeah. Um, I thought that was so cool. And then that she decided she wanted May to have it, mm-hmm. Danny's daughter, um, mm-hmm. and that she ended up buying the house and they were like having lovely family memories there and she yeah. was throwing a party. Yeah. Because it never felt like, you know, there's stories where the house is like a central a character almost mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, there's like something is wrong with that house. Yeah. Like it's bad juju. Right. It's just, it wasn't like that. It right. was like. It just reflected the people that were yeah, in it. Yeah. It was kind of the center of their story and it, it felt to me like redeeming their story yeah and making it you know full circle and yeah I I thought I thought so too the last scene she's having that big party it's like now the house is full of light and Mm -hmm. life and people and the very like last sentence is um 
like Danny's going to take May inside mm-hmm. and it just kind of feels like, okay, he's going to like walk back into this house where there's so many, you know, troubled or bad memories. Mm-hmm. And now it has a new life and it, it feels like, it feels like it's gonna, like he's going to be able to find yeah. peace. Yeah. And like Maeve kind of lived on through yeah. May mm-hmm. in certain ways and mm-hmm. they had a lot in common. Yeah. It was lovely. All so right. good. I think that wraps it so up. Good. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this book club episode, we have so many in our archives that you might have missed. So be sure to scroll through our past episodes. In between episodes, we love to connect with you on Instagram. So find us at Hi Girls Next Door. And we have a Girl Next Door podcast page on Facebook. You can also send us an email at HighGirlsNextDoor at gmail.com. And our website is GirlNextDoorPodcast.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. Like I need it when I wear my hair like this half yeah. up. I feel like it needs a little something. Little. Otherwise, it's just like a like a <laughs> big lump of hair bun, like a dinner roll on top of my head. <laughs> You're like, no, this is intentional. Yeah. I feel like for me, yeah, the scrunchy, it's too like main event on my head. It's like too <laughs> much, it's too much cloth. And I, it doesn't balance, you know, I feel like you need a certain amount of hair for it. And then, or it's like so thick that you then know if you don't have a lot of hair, then your hair just kind of goes out in a ponytail, like, yeah, like a toddler, like yeah. just like stick straight out. Yeah. yeah.